Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. And welcome to Tab Ramos' favorite podcast of soccer we trust. I'm Jimmy Cream Cheese Conrad alongside Hollywood Heath Pierce and Charlie Chuckwagon Davies. And with the help of special guest Todd Dunavant, who is Sac Republic's president and GM and one of our former teammates on the U.S. men's national team. We're going to discuss the oldest soccer competition in our country, the U.S. Open Cup, which was started in 1913. But before we bring Todd on, I want to ask Heath and Charlie how important they think this competition is now and when they were playing because... Some clubs continue to just blow it off, which is a shame, because of any competition in the States, this is the one I feel like every single sports fan should understand because it's like college basketball's March Madness, where smaller teams have a chance to knock off the big boys, but yet it doesn't seem to get the love and respect it deserves, which is a shame. Charlie, I'm going to come to you first because you missed our last show. How are you doing? Yeah. No, um, I was just flying in in midair while you guys were doing the show, (laughs) but no worries. Uh, No, I, I think teams are taking it serious. I really think it's shifted. I I think it's shifted a little bit just because the emphasis on trophies and what that means for a club and CONCACAF Champions League, that's now a big trophy to win. It's it's not quite MLS Cup right now, but it's up there. It there's a real push, and Seattle Sounders obviously are the first club to win it. So I think there there has been a shift in um the ambition with MLS Cubs and, and winning trophies. So I'm I'm all about it. Okay. All right, so I like your energy around it. Heath, $300,000 only to the winner. I think they should rise, raise up that prize money, excuse me. But that, as Charlie mentioned, if you do win it, you get an automatic place in the CONCACAF Champions League, which I think does raise the stakes. But I still feel like there's some clubs that maybe aren't giving it their all. Am I, am I wrong here? Or do you, are you agreeing with Charlie? I think at a certain point, clubs give their all, right? Obviously, you sort of hedge your bets. It's 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 a cup competition, so you sort of have to decide how you balance your roster through that and other priorities you have throughout the season to get to a certain point, as, as you know, you just start at the, the further you go, the more serious everyone uh, takes it. But I think it's, you know, it's, it's a historic event and like anybody who's a, a purist or, or loves the game and wants to see the game grow. I know that the open cup has to get to a size in the U S uh, if it can, it has the potential to be something really spectacular that brings in a wider fan base than perhaps MLS could do on their own or, or others. Cause it unites, all communities, all levels, all divisions. And I think that's that's the, the one thing that we have that could potentially do that right now. Uh, and and that power is not being harnessed. But when you start to get these Cinderella stories, that's when you start, it starts to reach beyond uh, just the competition itself. And and it starts sort of ringing in the halls uh, of, of places beyond just the core soccer fan. 
No, it's it's a it's a great topic to get into. I'm surprised we haven't dedicated a podcast to it at this point or up up until this point. All right, we have a special guest. So without further Freddie ado, it's time for a tale of the tape with our guest, standing six feet tall and weighing 175 pounds, a perennial winner who's only one of four players in MLS history to have won five or more MLS cups. And don't let his good looks fool you, everybody. He's also super smart, graduating with an economics degree from Stanford in three years. After being valedictorian of his high school, so it's no surprise that he's the president and GM of the Sac Republic. Wow. It's the pride of Wheat Ridge, Colorado. <laughs> Holy cow, Jimmy. What an intro. What an intro. Uh, T.O. Double D, great to see you as always. My first question. I want to go to the game against Sporting Kansas City in the Open Cup semifinals. Can I get tickets? Is that are you the right person to talk to about that, or how does this work? You can't buy any, but we'll we know some people, so we'll we'll be able to yes. we'll be able to take care of you. Yeah, you know, know what? It's all you know what that is is that both Charlie and I got a message from the club about the game and attending the game, and Jimmy did not, and now he's trying to make up. Get him, Heath. Heath, get him. Not feeling uh, all that welcome, and so that was his attempt to sort of take the hint. Take the hint. No, they assumed (laughs) that I would go because I live close by. Mm -hmm. I don't know, John Jacobs. I got I got a strong word for him. I'm going to write him a a strongly (laughs) worded email. All right, so you guys play on Wednesday, July 27th against Sporting Kansas City in the semifinals, Todd. You guys have had a great run so far. A lot of your games have been home games, but the one that was really going to test you was in the last round when you had to travel L.A. to play the Galaxy and you beat them 2-1. to one. How do you fancy your chances to potentially win this competition? Look, I, you know, we were the underdog against the Earthquakes. We were the underdog against the Galaxy. We're going to be the underdog against Sporting KC. Um, but, you know, we, we passed the first two tests and we're excited. I, you know, it's a great opportunity for our, our team, our club, uh, and it's it's an opportunity for Sacramento too. I think, uh, Jimmy, when you when you do come, uh, you're going to see a, an environment that is pretty awe inspiring. Uh, it's different here, uh, and we're going to pack the stands. It's already sold out, uh, and it's just going to be an awesome night. You know, Todd. Obviously, I grew up in the Central Valley, and I was uh, so delighted to see what what Sac Republic have done over over the years, and then got super excited as as news started to come out that they were continuing to grow their ambition i mean how, how important do you think is a match like this for the history of the club and where it's trying to go ambition wise knowing it's going to be a sellout crowd knowing that like you said it's a unique fan base that's different and perhaps a lot of the country hasn't had a chance to see what uh what the sacramento republic fc is all about yeah that's well said he i mean i i think sacramento burst onto the scene in 2014 long before i was here and it turned heads because it filled the you know twenty thousand people uh, which was more than most MLS teams at the time, more more than now at, at times. So that's what put Sacramento on the map. And I think uh, it's going to be on full display against Kansas City. Um, it's going to be a great atmosphere. We, we play at the state fairgrounds, and it just so happens that the state fair will be going on during that time. So it'll have, you know, sort of that extra ambiance too uh, in the background with the Ferris wheel and, and everything else that'll be going on. I think uh, it's going to be a magical night in terms of the atmosphere, in terms of the stands and everything that, that that's going on there. And quite frankly, on the field, that that part is going to be going to be fun. It's a challenge for our guys. They've stepped up uh, to these challenges, and this is what you play for. You guys know, you know, when you have an opportunity to play against, uh, you know, competition, uh, you, you got to either step up or 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 step down. And our, our guys have stepped up every single time this year. When you look at this run and, and all the awareness that's now brought to the club, uh, not just in California, across the country, and you're putting together these wins against MLS teams, now you have everyone turning their heads. What have you done so well? What has this group been able to do? And I think to go even further, 
what's the recruitment like for a USL side like Sacramento? How do you how do you find those players that are falling through the cracks? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I think you know this doesn't happen often, right? Like, I think once once or twice a decade, you have a lower division team make it to this stage in the Open Cup, and uh, you're two games from a, a championship and two games from Champions League, like you guys talked about. So we're fully focused on this, and I think you know from a recruitment standpoint, uh, you know, I give first and foremost a lot of credit to our owner who who told us this year, hey, go out and build a winner, and he gave us the resources to do that, and. You know, it was on Mark and I to uh, to to put that team together, and you know, we we retooled the roster, and uh, Mark's done a tremendous job with this team. It's you know, three quarters of the players were new this year, and so he had to put that group together in short order. And you know, you know how hard that is, regardless of the pieces you have. It takes time to build that camaraderie, that chemistry, and and that's still a, an ongoing process. So, uh, from that standpoint, you know, credit to the staff and and the players for coming together so quickly. Now, Todd, because you've taken a couple MLS scalps and playing against the Quakes, I don't know if you were the underdogs. You guys are playing at home. The Quakes are like eh, all over the place the last couple of seasons. I love them. They're my former club, but they're still a little bit all over the place. Does this mean because you guys were so close, you're on the precipice of joining MLS, do you feel like this is somewhat of a message? Like, listen, this market not only supports the team and look at all the, the atmosphere and enthusiasm around it but that we can compete even with the players that we do have, even though we're in the USL championship, which is considered the second division here in the States. Do you feel like this sends the message to the powers that be that you should still be in the running to, to be one of the next MLS markets? Yeah, I think you put it all together. There's no, we're competitors, right? And we, we have a lot to prove. I think that's one thing about Sacramento. There's, there's a chip on our shoulder. We we've always had that as a city. Uh, the club has it, you know, it's the winning mentality that we talk about is you got to go out and prove yourself every single day. Uh, and when you get knocked down and you, you have some of these ups and downs and you get bad news on, on your investor for MLS, uh, what, what are you going to do? Are, are the fans going to show up? Is the club going to pack it in? Are we going to feel sorry for ourselves? Or are we going to get up and, and do, you know, go, go again? Uh, so that's what this year has been about. Uh, we came back strong. We have more, more fans than we've ever had. The city supported us. Uh, we're not giving up. We're going to build a new stadium downtown, uh, you know, with or without MLS and keep pushing forward. And that's what our club is about. That's what we, you know, we call it being indomitable. And that's uh, that's something we try to live every single day. Is is sort of that next step or the potential of going to, to, to Major League Soccer? Is that the ultimate ambition? And, and is that just an economics thing of bringing in the right investor that can take the club to the next level or satisfy the conditions uh, of major league soccer is that is that sort of the 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 delta between where uh sac republic is at now and and getting to to major league soccer yeah i think you know we as a club we've always had ambitions to push you know to the highest level and for us it's you know first and foremost being the best team in our league and and you know advancing an open cup and doing those things that we can control some of the other stuff that happens in the boardroom that happens like you said on the investor level is a little out of our control. We're going to keep pushing and keep uh, trying to make our club the best it can possibly be. We think that means building a new stadium regardless. Uh, and, and we've been working with the city on that uh, so that we have a downtown location that we can, you know, absolutely showcase our team, take it to the next level, you know, from a fan experience too, not just having, you know, a, a, a great, you know, product on the field, but also having a great environment, getting the facilities that this team and this city deserves uh, of having a training facility, having, you know, a soccer specific stadium downtown in a, in a brand new location that, 
is going to help us from a revenue standpoint, from an environment standpoint, bringing in other events, doing all the things that we know have proven successful with with stadiums in this country. Uh, we have the ingredients here and we have the political will to do it. So that's what we want to do. And everything else we think will take care of itself. If we're selling out, you know, a, a, a venue downtown like that and, and putting up the numbers we think we can put up, good things are going to happen. You got that right. In terms of your position with, with Sacramento, since you've come in to your role, what are you most proud of? Yeah, gosh, it's, uh, you know, I'm I, the reason I do this, the reason it took me a little while to figure out, you know, as a player, even why I liked and never got burned out and why I liked playing. It's being part of a team. I mean, that's what I enjoy doing. And so, you know, being able to help shape the team here in the front office, on the field, our coaching staff, that that fulfills that itch. And, you know, even though I'm not on the field anymore, uh, I'm totally fulfilled in having that challenge every single day. And it, you know, cause ultimately, yes, we we're in sports, we're in soccer, but we're really in the people business. Uh, and so dealing with people and, and trying to, you know, a get the best people possible and then to maximize, uh, those folks, uh, that's, that's what keeps me going every single day. And that's, that's what I'm most proud of is, is trying to get everybody to, you know, get the best out of everyone and, and, you know, create a culture and a, you know, that, that sort of winning mentality that, uh, that we all strive to, to have. Do you, still, do, you, do, you, do you still put on the boots at all? Do you, do you get out and play with the, the, the team, like the squad or the coaching staff? I try to keep my credibility, you know, so that, so the answer's <laughs> no, uh, embarrass myself. but I, you know, we play, we play once a month at Folsom prison. We go into the prison and, and play with and against the prisoners and, uh, that is such a fun experience and such an incredible experience, I think, for everyone in our club. So that that's my you know monthly game, uh, and that's about my fitness level too. I can do about once a, <laughs> once a month, and I need that recovery time. Uh, building up your ego to take on the prisoners. I actually had a chance to go play against prisoners in San Quentin, and that was an incredible experience as well. Not only for me, but for for the players. All those prisoners wanted was just to be treated normal, even if it's for yeah. 10 minutes. They just want to be treated like a normal person. They, they understand why they're in there and they're ready to accept the you know, responsibility and accountability for that. But uh, yeah, that was a really special thing. So I'm glad you guys do that on a regular basis. I've only done it once at San Quentin. Now, Todd, let's just talk as former Open Cup champions. I can't speak for these other guys, but you and I <laughs> both won it. So, so I won in 2004. You won it in 2005 with the LA Galaxy. What did it mean to you to win the Open Cup? Because as we talked about at the top of the show, some clubs, I don't—I th- think most players would value winning a trophy of any kind, of course, but some clubs don't seem to take it as serious as they should until they get maybe into the semifinals and maybe they'll roll out their first team guys. What did it mean to you to win it? Uh, it was incredible. I, you know, I, we, we won in 2005, and I think for us, it set us up that year to have success in, in, in our MLS Cup playoffs. I mean, we were... We were not the top team in the league that year, but we won the Open Cup and it just got us in that, you know, single elimination mindset that boded, you know, bode real well once we got to the playoffs because we we knew how to win. We knew how to and, and just felt confidence uh, in doing that. So it was a big deal, um, you know, and these opportunities just don't come along that often in my career. You know, I don't know if I played in more than one or two Open Cup semifinals just because it's it's hard to do. Um, and to your point, every club's going to take it a little bit differently there. I think you would, you'd hear from everybody that they want to win. Uh, but you have to balance your roster. You have to find rotation and that's not easy to do. Um, we experience it too. We have a, we have a roster of, you know, 20, 21 players. Um, 
we don't have a big roster and we're trying to manage uh, two competitions. MLS teams obviously have much bigger rosters and 30, 30 plus guys. Um, so it's a, it's a big challenge and everyone faces that. And, uh, you know, it, ultimately it is a championship. It is a title. And, you know, you won it with Sporting Kansas City. It's there's no question that those guys and Peter Vermes and that club prioritizes this tournament always have. And they've shown it with uh, several, several championships. So we know that they're going to bring their best. And um, this will be our toughest game of the tournament, no doubt. And Todd, for you know, let's talk about 2005 because you and I were both in the in the national team January camp 2006 together. And going oh back boy. to that open oh cup, go, oh I, I was there boy. too, man. Like, yeah, oh but, boy. but we're both left backs. This has nothing to do <laughs> with you true. guys. Okay, we're born We were we were we were we were competing, and I, I remember, way to go, Johnny actually, boy. I remember specifically at the end of that camp, uh, Bruce telling me, "Hey, you know, uh, kind of being very honest." Jimmy Jimmy talks about Bruce's honesty quite a bit on on the show, but just telling me like, "Hey, Todd's in front of you." But going back to the open cup run, you yourself as a player, right? Similar went to Stanford. But you weren't part of, you weren't Chad Marshall coming out of Stanford, right? You weren't like sort of highly touted. Everybody wants who you're the next sort of star. You came out, you continued your career into the professional ranks. How important was the Open Cup for you as, as, a, as a springboard and also coming out just alternatively than what sort of the sexy approach to being a young star now and the players that come out when they're 16, 17, you started a little bit later in the professional ranks. I mean, how important was your journey? And I'm talking about not just the Open Cup itself, but but going to what is considered in, in, in the U.S., uh, the USL championship, the second division, right? Not being necessarily where uh, the first division or, or whatever. Your, your journey was different than a lot of other players. What was that like for you and, and, and how important was the, uh, the Open Cup? <laughs> no, great question. Hey, I, it, it oh, was, you hear I that, mean, guy's Great question. See, you just got to – I get to it what, eventually. What, what part of it? <laughs> the lefties, the lefties got to stick together here. Uh, no, it, it, it's such an important thing to always be challenged, right? And I think we're, we were, you know, as an athlete, as a competitor, it doesn't matter where you are. You, you have to prove yourself. And I was not a guy who was, you know, I, I see guys now getting signed at 15, 16, 17. I couldn't have done that. I wasn't ready. I needed time to develop in college. I needed, I needed to grow and mature, and I just wasn't at that stage. So, in my career, in my life, I've, I've tried to just be present wherever I am, and uh, and ultimately, you know, try to have success. And ultimately, good things happen from that. So, for me, it was going to college. It was taking that route. Uh, trying, you know, I switched positions. I was, you know, just like any defender. Uh, I'd never played it growing up, and 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 got moved there when I wasn't good enough to play midfield or forward. Um, you know, and had to adapt and, and ultimately, uh, you know, make a, a name for myself in, in that role. So, yeah, it was, it was, it's about constantly proving yourself. That's, that's what sports are about. Uh, you don't get residuals. We're, we're not in the movie or music industry. We, we don't, uh, you know, have a hit and then ride it for the rest of our careers. You have to keep proving it year after year. You show up again the next season, whether you're champion or not, and everyone's starting, at the level playing field. So that's the challenge is, it, is having that it's, kind of hunger the all the part. time. I'd, yeah. say, but, I'd say for the most part, not always. But but wouldn't you say that, that is that part of the sell to going to Sacramento? You, you play in front of an atmosphere. You have a crazy fan base. The quality is good. And you're seeing that now in the way that it matches up against, against MLS sides in, in the Open Cup. I mean, is that part of the sell for anybody that's on their journey that maybe had or thought that they should be at, at perhaps a higher level from the start of their career? Yeah, being in USL, you know, and I was in NSL with the Deltas previously, this, you know, players, players here have a ton of talent. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of players that are better 
than players that are on, you know, certainly back end of MLS rosters that could play, you know, Drew Scundrich is an example of somebody who, who played here uh, and, and was captain for us. And now he's starting week in and week out for DC. I mean, you, you see that frequently. It's a hard jump to make. We, we all know that. Um, but, you know, there's, there's certain things that happen with each player and, and there's reasons why you fall out. It might not be your fault. It, it might, but it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You have to prove yourself. You have to take your opportunity when you get it and you have to show that you belong. And that means first and foremost, you know, dominating at whatever level you're at. And then when you get your opportunity at the next level, you have to take it. That's how all you guys got onto the national team. You had opportunities, you did well with your clubs, and then you go into the national team, you have to prove yourself there and you have to keep this, keep the Jersey. I mean, that's, that's sports. And that's, that's what it, what it's all about. It's not about uh, ever. And, and once you get there, you don't just stay there. It's you're, you're never staying kind of flat. You you're, you're moving up or you're moving down. And the differences between, you know, being a, a national team player and being uh, out of the squad or, you know, very, very small. Like you, yes. you have a, the, the, you know, that Delta is, is tiny. And uh, those differences, those percentages are so small uh, between being an all-star and literally being out of the league. I mean, it's incredible how that works. And I think, you know, you guys have seen how razor thin those, those margins are. So it's the same with division two versus division one players. There's no question that players in MLS uh, on the whole, I mean, the, the money spent, the quality, there's a big gap. And that's why we have, you know, a division two team making it to the semifinals, you know, once or twice a decade doesn't mean it can't happen. doesn't mean you put the right ingredients together and you have the right support from ownership that it, it can't happen. Uh, and that's, what's fun. I think that's to, to, to the whole point of this, the open cup is special because you have those Cinderella stories. You have David versus Goliath. You have uh, uh, something that every sporting fan can get behind and understand. That's cool. I don't need to know about union Omaha as a division three team, but I, I want to watch them try to, you know, beat MLS teams. And they did it, a, a, you know, on more than one occasion. That's, that's crazy. That shouldn't happen, but it does. No, and that's, it. that's what's fun. Um, before I ask you about some of the players that you have on your squad, what was a young Heath Pierce like competing against a young <laughs> Heath Pierce for a, the left back position on the national He wasn't team? Hollywood yet. He wasn't Hollywood Heath yet. Yeah. <laughs> he, did, did, he, did he talk trash? Was he... No, humble, humble, humble. gentleman wow. as he is here, you know, like completely. Wow. But fellow lefty, uh, we had a we had good camaraderie. Like it was that was fun. Uh if anyone knows Pierre because you had a common Pierre enemy. Maru, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we just ran laps. I mean, we just ran laps. That was that was really what we did um in leading up. I mean, some of those some of those fitness drills were were mine. I remember there was a uh, fitness drill that Pierre got wrong on in that camp and we were running for like 40 <laughs> minutes before he realized he got it wrong. Oh no. And no like everybody was a minute or two behind the pace that he set that we were supposed to be running on the uh the Mooch uh what's called the Mooch Myronic field now. Yeah, to run those fields, and I remember everyone was like thirty minutes in, and then he was like, "Oh yeah, my bad, I missed this up." Because it was, you know, <laughs> you're getting screamed at that you're like a minute and a half off of a pace, and uh, yeah, it was just because Pierre got the that's wrong typical, that day, like typical that. Pierre. But uh, <laughs> you, you talked about um, DC's Drew Scundrich, and, and you had him uh, at Sacramento with your team now. Who's that next player that you you could see making the jump, and who stands to to I think 
move the needle in terms of a performance against Sporting Kansas City? I know all players can turn heads with with just one moment, but who do you think is, I think, there in terms of of the talent and the skill level? Yeah, I mean, uh, defensively this year, we've been absolutely rock solid. We've, we've moved to a back three, uh, you know, centered by Connor Donovan, who's, you know, I think you guys can all appreciate he's an American defender, no nonsense, uh, gets the job done, uh, doesn't maybe turn heads um, on a national stage, but came up through the national team ranks, uh, was drafted, played with Orlando, had a, had an injury, you know, early in his career and you know, it was a bad, bad knee and sort of fell, fell out of the, the MLS picture, but has worked and uh, done his part in, in the division two ranks has been excellent. You look at all the stats and again, he's not going to turn a lot of heads, but he's one of those guys that you throw him in that, you know, to any MLS team, he would compete and he would do well. Um, he's a incredible human being, a great leader. He's one of those guys that just gets it. Uh, you talk about preseason He's new to our team this year and he, you know, guys are falling off on fitness drills. He's pulling them up and he's, he's the one that, uh, just has that eye that is higher level, um, just from a leadership standpoint. So those kind of things you won't see on the field, but, uh, those are the intangibles that, that matter. And there's no question he could step into any, any MLS team, uh, and, and be a valuable contributor, uh, on and off the field. Todd, outside of Charlie, all the rest of us all believe that defense wins championships. So I'm already liking this guy, and I can't wait to see him play. On Wednesday, July 27th, as the Sac Republic take on Sporting Kansas City, I think it's 6.30 p.m. I don't know. You can correct me on the time, but it's going to be on ESPN+, and it should be a great one. Open Cup semifinals. Now, Todd, I had the unique opportunity of talking to Tommy Sohn, who's the head coach of Birmingham City, also in the USL Championship, and we had a discussion about scouting. And when I asked him questions about what they do to scout i just assumed they would be looking down to find players those diamonds in the rough usl league two usl league one maybe their own academy but instead he said and i thought this was pretty surprising he's just waiting for the players to fall through the cracks of mls so they're not looking down they're looking up to see who falls through what do you guys do as a team i'm sure maybe you're doing a little bit of both i know that you have a pretty robust academy with some really big time players that are coming through and obviously you want to prove yourself in the mls next uh, Academy as well, and, and USL Academy. Uh, what, what's what, what's going on, and, and how do you guys scout? I'm very curious. Yeah, it's pretty dynamic. I mean, we we do look down, and uh, you know, we we brought in two players from Union Omaha last year that uh, have been tremendous for us. Uh, Dami Viader, uh is a left back. Um, shout out Heath. I mean, shout he, out he's left he's great. And by the way, like, he, Todd, uh, shout out from your answer because. Just waiting for players to fall through the crack who are up is is lazy for me. That to me, that's lazy. You take it upon yourself to go and say, we can develop players to play mm-hmm. up and we'll coach them to play up. That's for me the proper way to do it. So shout out to you. Uh, also, no, just want to say that Char- Charlie doesn't like Tommy Sohn. I mean, clearly <laughs> not at all. That is not not the he doesn't case. like Birmingham City scouting at all. But keep going, keep going, Doc. No, and and I think what you can do, and one of the luxuries we have in USL, it's a much more open system than than say MLS, where you can you know everyone's really a free agent once they're out of contract, and so you can you can reshuffle your team without you know a lot of mechanisms in place. So you know you do look you look down, you look up, but you also, frankly, the majority of what you do is you look, 
in within the league and you see who's been successful. That's that was a big part of our strategy this year. Who who's been successful in our league? Uh, who have who has the right you know personality that that fits the traits that we're looking for? Uh, and then you know statistically, we tried to add some more data into our recruiting this year, uh, which helped too because there's the eye test, but then also what. What do the numbers say? And it's just more information. It gives you, you know, another look and some things that maybe you just can't see with your eye test and points out some uh, deficiencies. And you're not going to get it always right. There's no question you're going to have some misses. But, you know, if you can put all that together, you're you're probably uh, increasing your chances of getting it right. Todd, let's talk a little bit about the the academy and just the talent pool that exists within the Central Valley. I think when people think about California, you see all the success stories coming out of Southern California or the Bay Area, but there's so much rich, undeveloped talent in the Central Valley. How important is that to the strategy of your team? Obviously, you have uh, Rafael Uruguay, uh signed when he was, I think, 15 years old, now still a teenager getting vital experience. How important is that to the future of the club is, is harnessing and developing some of that talent that I think also falls through the cracks considering the just the geographic uh, location of of uh, Sacramento and the Central Valley. Yeah, such a big advantage for us. We have such a good talent pool uh, where we are. And again, credit to to our owner Kevin Nagel for investing in that and realizing the importance of that. We've had several players come out of our system, either moving on, you know, being signed by us, moving on to MLS, moving to Europe, uh, and Mexico also. I mean, there's there we unfortunately don't have protections from you know any of that. So it's on us to do a good job of creating a good environment, uh, being able to sign the players at the, you know, at the right, right age, uh, and, and give them opportunities. And then, you know, ultimately have, um, in a position to succeed. I think one thing that, you know, points to that success is also within MLS next last year, we had two, two of our teams our I believe it was our 17s and our 19s advanced to the semifinals of the MLS next, uh, playoffs. Uh, we were the only team in the country to do that this year. We had, our U15s advanced to the semifinals of 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 the playoffs again only non MLS team to do that so the proof is is there in terms of uh you know the quality that we have and and now it's about continuing to you know and our and our head coach Mark Briggs has done a great job of of you know playing players he Hayden Sargis for 2 years was our starting center back at 17 and 18 uh and he this last off season we sold him to DC United um so that's the pathway and and it's a great pathway for players uh in our club to get vital experience here they don't have to go anywhere else they can play here get signed and then uh do well and move on and then is there anything that you'd wish to share that we probably haven't covered in terms of of things that you're looking for towards in in the future um you know things that you're you're trying to accomplish in the short term versus the long term yeah i think you know as a club uh we still feel like we have a lot to prove um you know it was interesting last year to to hear some of the some of the talk some of the rumors we had a lot of people ask us hey what's going to happen with the club are you going to go defunct now. Uh, you know, when Ron Burkle uh, walked away as an investor, I think a lot of, a lot of people wondered, uh, and the rumor mill was, was spreading, you know, is Republic even going to be around? What well, our owner, Kevin Nagel stepped up in a big way, uh, supports the club more than he ever has invested even more in the team, uh, is doubling down on investing in the club with the downtown stadium, uh, with or without MLS. And, uh, people are taking notice and good things are happening, not just with this open cup run, but with the you know support we've had in the stands with uh, the work that this front office has done. 
uh, with sponsorships and everything else. Like this is a, this is real deal stuff. And, um, it's exciting. I think the, the story continues with Republic and, uh, yeah, stay tuned. There's going to be more, more fun ahead. All right, we're talking with Todd Donovan, the GM and president of Sac Republic. They take on Sporting Kansas City in the Open Cup semifinals July 27th. The same night, Orlando City is going to be hosting the New York Red Bulls in the other semifinal. Both games are on ESPN+. Plus. If you can't get there in person like this guy, I'm going to have to sneak in. Apparently, Todd's going to help me out. Appreciate you, Todd. So one last question before we let you go. We do this with everybody. That's a special guest on In Soccer We Trust. What is your best jersey swap? of all time. And then do you have a regret where you had, you know, somebody marked to get, and then somebody beat you to it. <laughs> do, do you, do you have any, any of those stories? Like who's your best Jersey swap throughout your career? So I'm a bad one to ask this question. I never, I don't know what it was, but I just didn't have, I, I felt like I was, uh, I felt like I was lowering myself to ask for jerseys. I know, I know Charlie, it's just, it was, it was a thing that I had, but I put that aside in 2005 when we played the Galacticos and Zinedine Zidane's Real Madrid, we oh lost and, and we celebrated we celebrated that 2-0 loss like we had just won the world cup because we, <laughs> we were so happy to not get blown out by more um although steve sampson <laughs> did hammer us the next day in in video i mean just took us through you like ah roberto Carlos, you got to force him right you got to uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I tried for zidane's jersey but didn't get it um oh, and also they didn't no. have their their names you know it's a preseason, uh, so they didn't have their yeah, names right. so it was right. a little Oh, I, I think Raul got it. And I was like, man, that's, that's an all time. So you didn't get, there. you didn't get anybody from Madrid. I did. I'm, I'm trying to remember who I got Raul, you know, our kit, the, the famous kit yeah, man, right. uh, yeah. with galaxy. He, he had that locked up already. He, he, he negotiated that before the game even started. So. <laughs> How can the equipment manager get it over the players? I know he's legendary. I love Raul. I've known him forever, but that's, that's crazy. That's why he's a legend. That's why he's a legend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Best of luck to Sac Republic, Todd. Thank you for being on the show. And I will see you in nine days' time, my friend. Todd Donovan, everybody. Give him some love. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Make sure you support the Sac Republic. Good seeing you, as always. All right, everybody, we're going to take our first and only break. But when we return, apparently we have some big news about U.S. Men's National Team center back Chris Richards maybe going to the Premier League. Don't go anywhere. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back, everybody, to In Soccer. We trust if you're not watching on YouTube, you missed an awesome promotion for Brianna Scurry, which is an incredible documentary about her life called The Only. It's now uh, available on Paramount+. Plus. We highly encourage you to go watch it. She has a tremendous story and is a role model in so many different ways, both on and off the field. So, again, go to Paramount+, Plus and check that out. Also, we are a nominee for the best 
podcast category in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Vote for In Soccer We Trust at podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up and then toggle down to the best podcast category and make it happen. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies at Hollywood Heath Pierce. And boys, we got some news. Looks like it's just breaking right now. Chris Richards, who has been with Bayern Munich but been on loan with Hoffenheim a couple times, looks like he's got a verbal agreement in place to join Patrick Vieira at Crystal Palace. Charlie, I'm coming to you first. This is some pretty big news to have another American in the Premier League. I absolutely love it. Patrick Vieira is is a player's coach because he helps you develop. There's a, the communication. Whenever you see Patrick Vieira um, managing a club, I've only read positive reviews from from players, from the staff, from supporters, and he is he's a tactician. He's going to help Chris Richards in learning how to play out of the back and you know the proper technique and placement and those are the things that we need our players to develop it's not so much the the timing of aerial duels and out muscling players no it's about being confident on the ball that's what greg berhalter wants his center backs to be able to to do play out of the back be confident on the ball sometimes Take a few touches to evade pressure and 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 move up the field. Get the lines higher. I I love this move and I love that it's not Leeds United because that that narrative is is tired. Oh, let's just bring yeah. all the Americans and then you know it's if if they do great, yeah, you know okay. But if they do poorly, then it's like oh, all Americans, you know they can't get it done. So I love the the diversity uh, of this move and and I think it's a great place for him to play. Okay, and Heath, how are you feeling about it? This is this is pretty significant. The hard part is that Crystal Palace already have a couple guys in front of them, so it could be. And they're young. Uh, they, you know, they got Mark Gay, who's twenty two. He's an England international. They got Joachim uh, Anderson, uh, Joachim Anderson, also not super young, but but a, a Danish international. Like, but we, we can't expect any of our players and say, hey, you know, look at all the potential he has. Look how good he is, and then assume every time there's competition, they're going to lose out on that competition, right? Like we've got to eventually. Right believe in the quality of a Chris Richards who's coming out of Bayern Munich who was playing at Hoffenheim when he was fit and healthy to assume that he could go into a Premier League team and compete for a spot now maybe he doesn't win it in day one maybe he doesn't win it on day 30 but you have to like your chances of being in that type of environment hopefully there's a coach and 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 Patrick Vieira that 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 believes in him and wants to develop him as a player but I do like I love if I could start over now and pick a team in the Premier League, it would be Crystal Palace. Like, if I wasn't an Arsenal fan and I wanted to talk about a team that um, played a way that I like the way that uh, uh, enjoy the way that they play, they're entertaining to watch. It's sort of neutral. They're they're London. Like, I, I would I would pick Crystal Palace because of everything about them. I really like. So for Chris Richards, I'm a big fan of this move, but he's got to prove something. Yeah, he's got to prove something. I, I guess I guess my counter to that would be. Well, wouldn't it be better then, especially leading up to a World Cup, for Chris Richards to go to a place where he knew he was going to play more, given the fact that they do he does have two young center backs in front of him that had played a tremendous amount of games for Crystal Palace. And for everybody, just as a reminder, they finished 12th last season and uh, had a plus four goal difference, which isn't easy, I think. Yeah, in that but spot. they had a but, million draws. They could have been – they were close to Europe, basically. And, and, they had a million draws, right? I would year. also say you're not signing with Crystal Palace just to sit the bench. Can, especially going into a World Cup year. So I think these next six months, you have a conversation with Patrick Vieira. He, and you also know 
what he thinks of you, where where he's going to place you. If mm-hmm. Patrick Vieira is going to have a conversation with Chris Richards and say, hey, you know what? You're going to be a backup here, and you're not going to play unless someone gets injured or suspended and you take your opportunity, then Chris Richards is probably going to say, you know what? I'm not just going to go to Crystal Palace to say I'm a part of a Premier League team and not play and miss out on a World Cup. I got to go to a place where I'm going to compete. So I would assume that Patrick Vieira says, you know what? You're coming here to, to compete for a starting spot. Now, it's on you if you take that opportunity, but we're bringing you in because we probably haven't liked what we've seen in preseason so far. And so this is an opportunity for you to give us some depth while competing for the starting position. And then it's on the player. You you have to have trust and, and faith in your quality. You also probably have to be realistic. Is this a good spot? You probably you analyze the situation and you say, hey, I like my chances. Like any other time, before leading up to a World Cup, I'd be I would be all over this move for all the reasons we discussed. I just find it, or it feels like a bit of a risk, especially because Gihi played 36 of 38 Premier League games. Uh, Joaquim Anderson played 32, started 32 of the 38 games, came on as a sub in the other two. Like those guys are the ones they leaned on to to get the job done. Maybe they aren't playing well. Maybe maybe obviously there is going to be some cover for injuries. I just find that it's a bit of a risk. I like it personally. I mean, it's it's worth doing. It's bold. But I wonder if it could end up working against him, especially because with Miles Robinson out with the Achilles tear, that that center second back spot, center set well, center back spot next to Walker Zimmerman, still feels pretty wide open. And and for some that maybe don't think that Walker's been that sharp recently, maybe the, both of the spots are open. I don't know how everybody feels about that. But, would you, but yeah, uh, I go mean, ahead. I'm I'm with you, Jimmy. I would say, would you prefer to see a Chris Richards take a loan, let's say to a top team in Denmark, uh, Belgium, Holland versus? You know, because he obviously wanted to get out of Germany. I, I think that's evident because if you're at Bayern and you already had a, a loan last year, uh, well, once him, they sign, once Bayern's about to sign uh, Mateus, yeah, like that, pretty <laughs> much it's, that's that's done. That's pretty much your future. Is you know he's basically your age, and they just signed him, you know, for eighty million or whatever from Juve. Yeah, you're not going to get any time with Bayern anytime soon. But yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know if Denmark, I, Hoffenheim's good. I mean, they're competitive in the Bundesliga. You know, I mean, maybe not as good as they used to be or or they're trying to work their way back. I liked where he was, but if it wasn't fitting his style or maybe it wasn't demonstrating what he's capable of, maybe he wanted to get out of a back three and play in a back four and maybe show Greg Berhalter that he can play out of the back to your point about mm-hmm. what Patrick Vieira likes. I don't know. It's really interesting. I, I we have to get on are, the show. It's an American. It's we an are American playing England club, by the, the World way. Cup. Uh, <laughs> Crystal Palace is owned by an American uh, and Blitzer, and I can't remember the other the other guy's name, but uh, it's an American owned club. So there is there is a value there of having an American. Um, and yeah, so there there's there are some elements, Jimmy. I I also agree that it's it's it is a high risk. A, it's probably a too big of a club to turn down if you're Chris Richards uh, at the moment and they're going to come in for you. Obviously, the negotiation mm-hmm. of the fee will could or, or you know, say something about the move itself, whether it's a high value transfer. I don't think it will be. Uh, but but you're right in the fact that they've had two very reliable young uh, center backs that he's going to have to compete for. And it's going to make him some kind of player, right? Either it's going to probably level him or he's going to succeed and went out in in competition, which which I like. Not ideal timing. If this was after the World Cup, I'd be like, go ahead, spend the next three years trying to figure this out, right, uh, right. before the next World Cup. But yeah, there's just you know what it is when you're in it when you're in a situation. And Charlie, you you did it in in uh, in a summertime. There's no perfect time to make a move. You just know that your future's on the line. You're probably if you're Chris Richards, you're probably hearing about ten plus clubs that want you. 
nine of them aren't going to work out. The deal's not going to happen. They're going to sign another player. The amount of times that like, you know, when we played England at Wembley, there was a, a Gladbach was coming in to, to, to do a deal. A guy turned around, flew back, took a player for free out of the French league uh, on, on a four-year deal. Deal was done for me. I was 100% convinced that I was going there, already having the conversation. That's the way it really works. It's not always like, I've got 10 options. Let me pick the best one. Or I've yeah, got multiple, yeah. We're, you know, yeah, for Gareth Bale, okay, he's going to have those options. But I didn't have those. Chris Richards doesn't have those with his young career so far. That sometimes you've got to just sort of say this is the best case scenario. It's the deal that's actually on the table. It's the only one that we think is going to happen. I've got to hedge my bets on this. It's better than than getting buried at Bayern Munich maybe as his alternative. No, 100%. Uh, here's the dream, everybody, at least for the In Soccer We Trust family. August 5th, Arsenal plays Crystal Palace opening game of the Premier League. Matt Turner in goal for the Gunners. And we have Chris Richards starting for Crystal Palace. Let's make it so. I'm trying to put that out into the universe so it does happen. That would be amazing to have two Americans playing against each other in the start of the Premier League season. Now, you brought up Gareth Bale, actually. And I know that you did a little coverage for LAFC this weekend with their game against Nashville. Where they went to Nashville, a very difficult place to play, and got a 2-1 win. Gareth Bale made his debut with Heath Pierce and uh, showed dis or displayed some of his sauce, that I like to say. How formidable was it to see him in LAFC's attack? And now that you've seen a little bit of them potentially all together because Chiellini played as well, do you think LAFC is the team to beat in MLS, Heath Pierce? Uh, they're certainly getting there. I think Chiellini brings a different different sort of aura to the team. The one thing I would say about them, and and obviously I'm I'm a little bit more on the inside with with them than than perhaps other clubs, but there's they can't they they are coming with a different attitude than I've seen with big stars in the past that come here with this pedigree of saying like no this league owes me for coming here you know like I'm gonna come here you're gonna build a team around me Gareth Bale's come in to add or be an addition to this team they have an obsession with winning both him and Killing Killing same thing the talk about what he does in the locker room already him understanding his limitations then both accepting hey these are the conditions if you saw the post game interview where where Bale and Killing talk about the heat in Nashville something that you don't get to experience watching it on the TV. I thought that part of it was was really cool. And they're adding like the, the, the model now is you've got a team in LAFC. Now you're adding pieces. Instead of saying we're going to have Gareth Bale, and we're going to have a team that can try to support Gareth Bale. You've got a team and Gareth Bale's got to figure out how he's going to fit in. I mean, there was a few bright flashes. He was looking for the ball for five, six minutes, getting involved. And then it was basically Nashville for the end of the game, lumping it up the field. And he wasn't involved much after that. But overall, you're getting more minutes out of these guys because they're coming off of a European offseason and that's the most important what i found interesting was that when bale came on he went wide and carlos vela played the false nine i wonder if we're going to see that moving forward if it was just due to situations because they were holding on to a lead all right chuck let's talk about the new england revolution the reigning supporter shield winners they were up one zero in philly ended up losing that one two one mm. what's going on with the revs and and are you scared of lafc and should the rest of the league be as well well i don't know if scared is the right word but all right, the, maybe the I just try to add some drama to it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I love the drama. <laughs> Roger Predactor, always. Um, what What I would say is that they are the best team in the league right now. Uh, New York City FC would be, for me, the favorite still until they get knocked off with Tati Castellanos as the striker. But I think Tati Castellanos is, is gone. Uh, after yesterday's game-winning performance where he scored the, the winner to beat uh, Red Bulls the, in that, that city derby, he gave everyone hugs like I'm out. And mm -hmm. I don't know why there's hasn't been more chatter about him leaving because he's been the real deal for a long time now in this league. And he's only getting better and he works on both sides of the ball. Good, good, 
good mentality and he's got that class. So um, I think he's out and with him gone, unless New York City FC makes that move to sign Leo, uh, Leo um, Suarez, Luis Suarez, who is a free agent and has also talked about, I have six to eight clubs that I'm, you know, that I've had offers from. If New York City FC are, are in the race to sign a, a Luis Suarez, that is that is a, a substantial replacement and, and for the short term. You want to continue that success. Uh, Tyler Magno looks like the real deal as well. Um, he's really developed on the wing. I could see him moving up to that nine position at some point. But if you want that short-term fix, uh, uh, a Louis Suarez who's motivated to you know play well in the World Cup, that might be might be the answer. You know, a one-year deal, maybe it's an eighteen-month deal. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I I could see that happening. But this Revs team for me. Um, you know they they're they're trying to find what they had last year that that X factor and Tejon Buchanan is a massive loss. I don't care how many people you try and sign and yeah, and, yeah. and and fill in the, that void that he's left in terms of being an aggressive player who can who can do it by himself off of off of the dribble who can score who's good in the air. Now I, I like bringing in Dylan Barrero. I think he's been a bright spot, but it's going to take him time. Like, mm-hmm. like all players in this league, it takes time to adjust and get used to your teammates' tendencies, let alone the league and the travel travel and the intensity and the tempo of the league. But the the Revs team, you know, you lose Matt Turner, you get Petrovic, who I think has has been solid since he's been. But again, he sold a, uh, Buxa a, a as massive, well, right? Adam Buxa. Adam, Adam Buxa has also left Buxa. for France, but... You know, you bring in Petrovic, Georgi Petrovic. He he's shown some promise, has had a, a a nice start, but then makes a huge error, uh, uh, and that is comes down to youth and inexperience. And he runs in uh, for a cross around the you know just before the penalty spot, clums you know clumsily hits into one of his own players, and then gives a free header to the Union. That got them back in the that's game. That's what I and that's what lost. I remember about Heath. Heath's defending was very similar. To that. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I I just think you look at this Revs team, you realize the value of certain players, Matt Turner, mm-hmm. uh, Tejan Buchanan, now Adam Buxit. But with that being said, this was the best performance I saw from them. They controlled the game. Mm-hmm. They gave me a lot. I, I was optimistic going into that set, you know, Mid, midway through the second half, I was like, "Okay, the the Revs found their they found their groove. Here, the, here mm-hmm. we go!" Mm-hmm. And then, boom, boom, they dropped their heads for ten minutes, and it was the Union's game. But they did make a signing, Giacomo Rioni from he's an Albanian international, but coming from Juve, a Juve B side, mm-hmm. who really looks like a, a another copy paste for Adam Buxa, but probably better feet, and Adam Buxa probably a little bit better in the air. So there's some trade off there, but I think maybe that's what they need that two striker system that Bruce arena loves and, and hopefully they, they can get going again. All right. No, I appreciate all that insight. I didn't know all the dirt there on the new England revolution. That's why you're <laughs> I here. Gave, Chuck. I give so, so, what's it? What's I, worth a long question or a long answer? Jesus. Yeah. Charlie. Yeah. But, but hey, I do want to you ask <laughs> and you shall receive. Uh, I, I want to catch everybody up on the, the, the Tati Castellano story because apparently uh, even though there was some strong interest from Leeds, there are details that are coming out now. If anybody that, says uh, Leeds again on this show in the next two months, Jimmy, they should get muted for half the show. We just can't say the word Leeds anymore. Okay, let's let's not do lead. it anymore. Let's not do it anymore. <laughs> but but a, a city football group who owns uh-huh. Girona in La Liga, they just got promoted back up to the top division in Spain. They are apparently, or city football group is going to buy 
because this is all how the rules work, apparently. They're going to buy Tati Castellanos out of his MLS contract, and they're going to put him on loan to Girona in La Liga. So I don't know. He scored 58 goals in 132 appearances in all competitions. Obviously, he's on top of the Golden Boot stuff. He helped NYCFC. He was a vital cog for them in winning MLS Cup for the first time in their history. I think it's a great move as well, and I'm very excited to see how he's going to perform. Obviously, we're always proud of any products that make a move to one of the top five European leagues. And Miguel Miron, I think we're all still pulling for him to do well with Newcastle. I think he's going to be surrounded by better talent moving forward because they have money to do it. And I'm curious to see how he'll continue to blossom. All right, let's put a bow on this very special podcast with our special guest, Todd Donovan, who came on a little bit earlier, the GM and president of the SAC Republic. They are playing against Sporting Kansas City, my former club, in the Open Cup semifinals July 27th on ESPN+. Plus. Orlando City is going to be hosting New York Red Bulls. Guys, I want some predictions. Keith, I'm going to come to you first. How do you think both of these semifinals are going to play out? And then we'll save our prediction for the final once those two games are played. Oh, man. I, 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 I do think that Sac Republic reached the final. That's the, the one at least prediction I'll get. They're playing against the uh, Sporting KC side that, Jimmy, you've obviously been uh, and we've all been highly critical of just because they haven't been able been getting the results. They've got to play against LAFC as well in, in, in that same stretch of time. So uh, I don't think it's going to be easy for them. I like Sacramento. Not only are they a good team, but they have that that sort of underdog spirit right now that uh, you know team of destiny feels. So I that that's the one that I, I think for sure gonna gonna reach the final. But uh, it's a toss up for me outside of that. How about the other one, Orlando City and, and New York Red Bulls? Because because we're gonna get to a point where when I think about the three MLS clubs, this could be their best chance of getting into the Concacaf Champions League and just winning a trophy overall. Heath. It's hard to say. I mean, I would uh, just on 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 paper alone, I would say if if both teams roll out their best teams, which I would assume they will, uh, I would say the New York Red Bulls go on to the final to play against Sacramento Republic. Uh, Charlie, what's your take on that? I think Red Bulls have that just aggressive nature. They're, they're, things are going well for them. Obviously, they didn't get the win against New York City FC, but New York City FC are just – they have so much talent. They're loaded. Orlando's struggling, especially in the attacking half. And, and I know it looks like they've just come to an agreement with uh, Nico Joachini from, from – he's playing in France for Montpellier. So um, we've seen him, you know, at times with the national team early on. At least he, he's, he was getting an opportunity and he shined. Uh, as of late, hasn't gotten an opportunity because I think his club form has dipped in France. But this could be a great opportunity for him because he's making a move to try and make that push for this World Cup team. And Orlando, they need help in the attacking half. So I, I could see Red Bulls um, as well as Sacramento because Sporting Kansas City are struggling right now. They, If there's anything to play for, it's this competition because MLS is, is done for them. But, um, you know, it's hard to just pick yourself right up after yeah. uh, being, being uh, so down. You know, it's... The, I yeah, know that's the thing I was going to say on that. But... It's that it's that whole like this could be the turnaround moment, but when yeah, you see the no. results after results, it's it's not that easy to just flip that switch and turn it around. Right. I feel like it's too late to turn yep. it around and to dig deep and just put together a performance against a team that has a lot of that momentum. Yeah, I agree with you. It's tough. Yeah, I'm going to jump in and say I, I like both home teams in this one. Orlando only 26 goals for and. and a sudden, not very many goals. I think there might maybe a little bit over a goal a game in MLS right now. That's not going to be enough, I think. But it does show that given their record, they're still fifth in the East. They know how to win the tight ones. And, and they're relatively okay at home. They don't draw very often. They either win or lose. But they have a lot more wins than they do losses. And, and when I think about Sporting Kansas City, only two wins away from home in MLS in 13 games this season. Now, those two wins came within the last month. But when I watched them play against Minnesota United here last weekend – 
they still lack a little bit of identity when they don't have Johnny Russell on the field. It looks like when he's on the field, the, the plan is give it to Johnny Russell and he'll figure it out. And that guy's a special player, no question. But I don't necessarily know what they're trying to do or if they even have the tools to, to take advantage of this. And I think because Sac Republic's at home, I think that I'm with you guys. I think they're going to book their ticket to the final. The other one's a little bit more of a coin flip, but I'll go with the home team. I think Orlando knows this is going to be probably their best chance to get to a CONCACAF Champions League. I think it would mean a lot to the players and Pereja, the coach, and, and uh, the city, of course. So I'm pulling for Orlando City, uh, Sac Republic, which is probably the last two teams that uh, you know that the TV executives want to see. But I think in terms of of um, kind of the passion and enthusiasm, how much they've taken this competition serious. I think that would be very cool to make happen. They'll have to go wait and see. I'm going to go, you know, make sure I continue to nudge Todd Donovan. We appreciate him coming on again to give me some free tickets. All right, final thoughts. We'll see if Heath can make it shorter than his long question and Charlie can make it shorter than his New England Revolution answer. Charlie, I'll come to you first. <laughs> any any final thoughts about any, anything that we discussed today or anything that we haven't discussed today? I'm hyped for the underdogs. Go Sacramento. We... Uh... We love to see stories like this. Um, David, David versus Goliath and Todd Donovan, who's who's had an incredible career in Major League Soccer, uh, has done some good things. So um, I'm excited for the, for the U.S. Open Cup. All right, Heath. Uh, just a more uh, news on on the pipeline. Tom Glick, if you remember him from City Football Group, then was part of mm-hmm. NYCFC, mm-hmm. then went down to the to to uh, Carolina, now part of Tepper Sports Group is now the head of business, no, president of business for Chelsea Football Club. Another interesting move for, for Tom Glick, who has a lot of quite a bit of experience in Major League Soccer now going back overseas to, to join uh, Chelsea. So for anybody interested in that kind of boring stuff, there you go. <laughs> That's not boring. I think it's pretty interesting as well. Well, I'm curious to well said. In influence that he has. All right, everybody, we are done for In Soccer We Trust. We appreciate your love and support. As always, make sure you vote for us in the podcast awards. Go make sure you watch uh, Brianna Scurry's amazing documentary on Paramount+. Plus. And we'll see you guys on Thursday and Friday, you lucky bastards. So in honor of our producers, Des and Alex, who do so much of the thankless work to make us look better than we deserve to be. And, of course... On behalf of Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies and Hollywood Heat Pierce, I'm Jimmy Conrad saying thank you for watching and listening to In Soccer We Trust. We'll see you next time. Later. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!